Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Body. I am your host, Christina Slater. And today we are going to be chatting about binge eating. Now, I know this topic is definitely going to hit home with a lot of our listeners. And as a previous binge eater myself, I know just how debilitating binge eating disorder can be. It's not the same as just overeating. And it's also not fixed by just going on a diet. A lot of people think that it can be. But myself and my team at Cut and Conquer, we specialize in helping our clients overcome binging behaviors and rewiring our thoughts around food so that we can start to break those binging urges. And from personal experience, as well as working with literally hundreds of ladies who struggle with binge eating disorder, I can tell you that it is equally as important to be working on the psychological aspect as it is on the physiological aspect if you want long-term success breaking away from binge eating. Now, of course, that's definitely a process. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone in the history of the world that just is like, oh, I'm going to work on quitting binging and just does it fluidly for the rest of their life. And I think that's a really big misconception is that if you have a slip up when you're working on overcoming those habits that you have failed. And again, it all ties into our mentality around it. And we're actually going to be diving into that today. We're going to talk about the psychological aspects of binge eating, understanding yourself and binge eating, the role of hunger cues, the cycle of binge eating and different emotional responses, as well as a ton of other stuff. And I'll be giving you guys some tactical strategies as well. If you guys have listened to the podcast for a while or followed my content, you know, this is a topic I am very passionate about. We actually just released a course specifically geared towards breaking binging urges. And I have a ton to share on this topic. So today it might even be a two-part podcast. But if you are someone who has been battling binge eating, battling emotional eating, battling that uncontrollable urge to snack, even just continuous grazing throughout the day, you will know, you'll know that feeling of, oh, I messed up. I'm going to start tomorrow. The next day comes around. Oh, I'm going to start tomorrow. Or another one that's really popular. I used to say this all the time is I know I'm going to get on track, but I have to eat all of this junk food first. If I have a box of chocolates as well, I know I'll get on track tomorrow, but I have to eat the box of chocolates to get it out of the house. And then what's really, really common with binge eating disorder is the self-punishment afterwards, right? So that could come as purging. That could come as punishing yourself through training, which is a lot of the time what I did is I would go and I would run for three hours or I would go to the gym for three or four hours. I'd go to the gym two or three times a day. And then I would also glorify like how long I could go without eating. And Again, I I talk about this a lot in the podcast, a lot in my content, a ton with our clients at Cut and Conquer, but it's so unfortunate that there's still that misconception in the health and fitness industry that eating less 
is better or that eating less is going to allow you to lose more weight or even that the scale going down is good and the scale going up is bad because it's, it's, it's simply not true. It doesn't mean that there can't be individual cases in which those could be true, but as generalized statements, like it's completely BS. And in fact, eating food and eating higher volume amounts of food is so important for body composition. A big belief out there as well is that you can't quote unquote lose weight. And when I say lose weight, I'm often talking about losing body fat or doing a body recomposition. And a lot of people in the industry will tell you like, you can't lose weight and quit binging at the same time. They're two different goals. And although yes, they, they're definitely two different goals. You can do them at the same time. I've done them at the same time. I've had clients do them at the same time. I'm not saying that they also can't be done separately and effectively because they definitely can be. But with binge eating often comes a lack of body confidence. It's not always the case, but very often with binge eaters, when they join the program, when I'm chatting with them, even for myself, like a lot of those feelings come from hatred towards ourselves, self-sabotage, that self-destruction, negative feelings towards our body image, towards our self-image. And food kind of becomes our comfort. So when you are in that mindset and you're in that headspace to just be like, okay, I'm not going to try to change my body. I'm just going to focus on quitting binge eating. It can feel nearly impossible because you have such negative feelings towards yourself. So with our clients at Cut and Conquer, we typically take an approach that's going to allow you to see and feel those physical changes in your body while also working on the psychological changes in your mind to complement those so that everything ties together. And if you're not working on the mindset part properly, when those quote unquote failures happen and you see the brownie and you eat the brownie and you feel that guilt and that shame wash over your body again, it's going to trigger you to relapse. But if you're doing it the right way, we can reframe that perspective to see it as an opportunity to learn and to grow from. Because in every successful journey on in anything in life, there's going to be failures. But the way that a binge eater's mentality is, is very much like winning or losing. It's very good or it's very bad. It's, it's harder to look at everything on a spectrum of you can still be doing well if you don't do everything perfectly. So for myself, and I won't go too much into this because if you guys scroll back in the podcast, some of the earlier on episodes, I share a lot about like my own journey and how I started in fitness and my original, like where my binge eating came from. But essentially it largely came from body image issues, from body dysmorphia, and also lack of proper education around food. However, it's important to know that you can be educated around food. You can be educated in nutrition. You can be a certified nutritionist, a certified dietitian, and still struggle with binge eating. Of course, having the education and the awareness is essential, but honestly, no one is immune to these things and you can relapse. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. So my binge eating was the worst when my body image was the worst. And that was actually way back before I ever competed in bodybuilding. So it was at the worst in probably 24. 14, 2015. And that's when I would binge eat on like garbage food, quote unquote garbage food. 
And I had this mentality that like foods were good, foods were bad, which I now know it's definitely not the case. It's always the, it's the dosage, right? If you eat 18 pounds of chocolate, yeah, it's probably not good for you. If you eat 18 pounds of broccoli, that's also not good for you. But when I say I would binge eat on garbage food, it would be like Nanaimo bars. It would be peanut butter, even though peanut butter is not garbage, it's delicious. <laughs> Side note, peanut butter is not a high protein food. So I just like to throw that out there because a lot of people are like, oh, I eat high protein and they eat peanut butter. And it's just, it's just not the case. But there's other episodes on that, you guys. So essentially I would binge eat on food that was not nutritious, that was very high calorie, very empty calories, definitely not satisfying. And I would eat so much that I would be in physical pain. Like I would throw up not as punishment so much, but because my stomach would be hurting so badly, I would have to throw up to get relief, but then I could eat more. Right. And I didn't, I didn't throw up every time I binged, I would say about 25% of the time, but I would eat until I was in excruciating pain. And when I was younger, now, again, we're going back almost 10 years, 10 years or so now, I guess. But even growing up through elementary school, through high school, I swam competitively. I did triathlons. I did long distance running. Like I had a very strong mindset that could really push through things. So I had that, that all or nothing mindset. And I, was, I could be very disciplined, but I did not know how to channel it. Now, that's also something that I see a ton of our ladies join Cut and Conquer with, and then we teach them how to channel that energy. And it's a game changer. But I mean, I didn't know that then. I didn't know how to do that. So I just thought, I know I have this amazing like drive. I know I can do extremely hard things. So I'm going to just get into bodybuilding because I want to look like those girls on stage. And I'm sure if I set my mind to it, I can do it. So in 2015, I started gearing up for my first bodybuilding show. I did the, I think it was like six to eight month kind of like off season and then a four month prep competed. I looked great. I also took my off season like almost two literally. And I basically did like prep style, like prep foods, like all of my off season and then prep foods again for another. So it was like a year of eating like just rice and potato. And you know, it, it was a long time and like lean proteins. I did very well though for my first show placed second, qualified for the provincial one, which I did the next year in between those shows. So after that first show in 2016, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to maintain this body forever. I didn't understand how being stage lean was like not realistic, nothing against like my coach at the time, but she didn't really explain anything to me. It was just like, here's your diet, follow this. And like I did, but I didn't understand anything. And I didn't understand anything about post-show and I didn't understand anything about like your, your how your body changes, how your metabolism changes, how it can downregulate and how you can't just go back to eating normal. I did follow my reverse diet really carefully. But then when I went into my off season, I was basically like, I need to grow muscle. I need to eat all of the food. The more I eat, the more I'm going to grow. And I didn't understand the fact that if you put on 20 pounds, like that's awesome. But there's a difference between putting on 20 pounds with four of it being muscle and 16 being fat or even just putting on a couple pounds and having six of it be muscle and three of it be fat, right? There's a completely different approach you would take. So I was just eating and eating and eating. And then I went into my other prep and I was like, holy shit, I gained 40 pounds. This is crazy. I'll just lose it. It was not so easy to lose it, you guys. And then when I would get a treat meal in that prep, I would just stuff myself full. And I didn't really understand that, yeah, a treat meal is great, but 
A treat meal isn't literally eat every single thing you could possibly eat in the span of one hour and it's good. I didn't understand that those calories, they're still going to matter. It was like the whole box of chocolate thing, you guys. Like you can't expect to eat all the chocolate to get it out of your house and have that not affect you just because tomorrow you're going to get on back on track and that'll be your last binge. So after 2017, after that show, which I did not do well in, I did very poorly in and I was really annoyed after that. (laughs) And that's when I told myself, like, I'm never getting back on stage until I'm like proud of what I'm bringing. And then I did that this last year, but that was six years later. (laughs) So it took me a while to build the package I was proud of. But that after that show was when my binge eating got really, really bad again. However, at that point, I'd pretty much cut like what we would call junk food completely out of my life. And I still have never really brought it back, which I, which I suppose is, is an okay thing. But I would binge eat on healthy food. So in 2018, 2019, I would binge eat on food, just food. I would eat eight plates of food. And then I would go in my pantry and I would eat, I'm not even kidding, two full-size jars of salsa. Not the mini Tostitos ones you buy at like the gas station, like the full-on salsas. I would just eat them out of the jar. And then I'd be like, oh, it's okay because this is healthy food. But it was so destructive. And I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about things until they were gone. The girl I used to live with, she would buy these bags, like bulk bags of cashews and keep them in my pantry. And I would eat the entire bag of cashews. It would be like a couple pounds and I would just eat them all. And then I'd go buy her more because I ate all her fucking cashews. And again, if, if this resonates with you guys and you guys have been there, whether you're binging healthy food, whether you're binging chocolate bars or chips or whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you'll know that feeling where it's like during the binge, you're almost having an out-of-body experience. You know that the behavior is like not serving you, but it almost doesn't even feel like you're doing it. All you can think about is eating the food. That's all you can think about is like just more, 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 more. But then afterwards, either a few hours later or usually the next day, because most of the time it's binging at night, you just feel like, shit. Like physically everything hurts and mentally the pain, the guilt, the shame, the feeling of being fat, the feeling of being gross, the the break in self-integrity because you've probably already told yourself like 800 times that that was going to be your last binge and then you didn't do it again. And then you bring that feeling of shame. And you guys, this is so important to know. And I wish, I wish, I wish I knew this sooner, but your brain is not meant to keep you happy. Your brain is designed to keep you safe. So whatever behavior and feeling and way of living you are used to, whether it's great or whether it's shit, that is what your brain is going to like associate with safety because it's what it's used to. Your brain doesn't really know the difference there. It's whatever is in your comfort zone, whatever is predictable, whatever patterns you have in your life, your brain loves that shit. So that's what's going to feel safe. And that's why you guys changing these habits that you've had for five years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years is so challenging because your brain is working against you. But again, it doesn't matter. Like you, you still have to be willing to overcome it because otherwise you're going to stay stuck in these habits for the rest of your life. And it usually gets worse. So we're going to dive into a little more of that in a few minutes, but going back to my journey for a second, after 2019, so around 2020 was when I basically stopped binge eating. So again, when COVID hit, like I know that it was a terrible time for everyone, 
mostly, but for me, it was probably like the best, one of the best years ever because I changed so many things and I made changes for the better. Like having everything basically shut down and lose like my, my normal quote unquote normal job. And just that like hard reset, like really, it was a rude awakening for me of stop wasting your life, stop wasting your time, do all the shit that you said you were going to do, but you didn't have enough time because now you have all the time in the world. So that's when I really dove into like business. I dove into personal development, into my own fitness even harder than before, but properly this time. If you guys follow my journey, you'll know like 2020 and 2021, I didn't even watch a single second of TV. And I advocate so strongly for that side note, but I actually cut TV again recently. So it's funny. I did add TV back into my life in 20, I think like the middle of 2022, maybe because I was finding I was getting really stressed out and I couldn't shut my brain off. So I started watching some TV shows again, just to like, um, I guess, relax my brain, you might say. But I've just found that TV is so destructive. It's such a waste of time. (laughs) I literally cannot stand it, you guys. I'm very against TV. And so I did cut it again completely. And I have to say, I feel so much better cutting it out of my life again. Like I do not miss it. At first, yeah, it feels really weird when you're used to watching a show at night. But you guys, just like I said, your brain is not meant to keep you happy. It's meant to keep you safe. And if you have that routine of just watching a show, just watching a show, you guys don't fucking need a show. You do not need a show. Just like you do not need a crunchy snack to watch with, to eat while you watch it. You do not. Yeah, you're going to argue with me and yeah, you're going to say that, but that is your defense mechanism that wants to keep you safe, okay? Cutting and breaking a TV habit is the same as cutting and breaking a binging habit, okay? And I'm going to break things down. You can apply all of these strategies to like any habit you're trying to break. I just know that binge eating is so there's so much subconscious there and there's so much like deep seated beliefs that are associated with it. And that's one of the reasons why it can be such a challenge to break, but you guys, it is possible, right? So I fully stopped binge eating in 2020. 2021 was pretty much all good. 2022 was all good. I did have a really bad injury. I was battling then, but I didn't turn to food. I also had really good support in my life at the time. And then 2023 was when I did my next competition prep. And I felt so good going into it, you guys. And that prep was so good. I had no hunger. I had no urges to binge. And then after my show, like I did, I was really happy with how it went after both shows. Reverse dieted. I'm not going to lie. At the beginning, it's right after my show, like right after nationals in Toronto. I came home and I was like, holy shit, I don't know if I'm going to eat everything in the house or I'm going to starve myself and not eat anything because I was terrified. I was terrified that like my binging urges were going to come back. I was terrified that I wasn't going to be able to overcome it. I was terrified that I was going to have a crazy post-show rebound. And you guys, I didn't. But I did. It was weird because I felt so good about my physique and so good about my progress and my journey. But I felt the self-sabotage. I felt it coming back. Now, this is really important, you guys. It was crazy because I had these new tools that I'd learned over the last four years. And I had this new awareness. And this is actually why I created the the Breaking the Binge course because I, I felt these urges coming back. And I was like, okay, I need to teach people about this. I need to explain this because this was something that I hadn't expected and didn't know. And if I didn't have the tools and the awareness and the strategies that I have now, I would have rebounded. I know I would have. So basically, I was feeling so good about everything and I had the urge to sabotage myself. And it was crazy because I, I did not think it would come back. And I was like, why do I want to sabotage my progress? Like, I'm doing so good. I feel so good. And it, there was like this voice in my head being like, 
you like, I don't even know what it was saying. It wasn't clearly speaking to me, but it was basically being like, you aren't good enough to maintain this. You're not gonna be able to do this. Just go back to what you're used to because I I was used to, even as a trainer, like I was used to always like not feeling good in my body. Like I've never had really high body confidence. And it's, it's, it was like, no, go back to how you usually feel. Like you need to go back to wanting to lose weight. You need to go back to not being happy. You need to go back to feeling not secure around food. And it was like crazy. It only lasted maybe two weeks, but it was a constant battle. And I just had to sit with that discomfort and recognize that discomfort is okay. And a tool that I use, and I talked to my clients about this, is channeling the energy that I use in other areas of my life that I'm very disciplined and successful in into the areas that I'm struggling. So it's, for example, then I was like, I just prepped for six months. I was to the gram with every single thing on my meal plan. I nailed everything. I busted my ass in the gym. I'm like, dude, you can like not eat the fucking whatever it is you want. I can't even remember what it was I wanted to eat, but I'm like, if you can do that for six months, just sit with this discomfort and remind yourself why you're doing this. And I just did it. And I didn't want to do it. I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. I just want to go eat the fucking nuts that are in the pantry. I was like, just sit with it. And it goes away. It does go away. And you're going to feel like it won't, but I promise you that it will. For example, again, a lot of the ladies we work with at Cut and Conquer, they're like crazy successful in their career or they're crazy successful with like their education or even as a parent, but they struggle with nutrition or they're crazy. Like they can train their ass off in the gym, but like they can't follow a meal plan, right? So it's like take yourself to that place that you're in when you are like learning the shit out of what you need for that exam or like in those last few reps in your squats, your leg press or your shoulder press and you're like digging in and giving everything you got to get those last few reps, channel that energy. You know you have it in you. Let's transfer it to this other area of your life. Another little tip on that is I have been so motivated in the gym lately. And I mean, shout out to my spouse because he is actually fucking killing it in the gym and killing it with his nutrition plan right now. I'm so freaking proud of him. And I know like I inspired him to do that, but like right now he's actually inspiring me. But after my show, it was like probably September. I, my motivation in the gym wasn't crazy high. Um, and I think it was just the fact that like I had such like tunnel vision and then I didn't. And it was just like, oh, I'm just, I was still loved going to the gym, but it just, I just didn't have that big drive. But I would just channel the energy that I used to have in my prep and be like, and I would just bring it back. And again, I know it sounds silly or it sounds easier said than done and everything's easier said than done. But if you actually want something and you actually practice it, you can make it happen. And so obviously self-belief is huge. Okay, and that's like what we talk about in week one with our clients at Cut and Conquer is self-belief and the belief that your goals are possible and that you can do it and that it's worth putting in the work for. But when you don't have space in your brain to even worry about self-belief because you're so overwhelmed by everything in your life. Self-belief doesn't even make sense. And even though you might be like, oh yeah, I need to believe in myself. The the, the, like mechanisms in your brain, just they're not clicking. And that's why I say that mindset is everything because back, rewind my life to 2017, 2018, I I didn't think I was at the time, but I was so stressed out with things in my life, with my relationship and my body image and work and I didn't have kids then they add a whole nother level to your life of stress. But just like when you are so overwhelmed every single day and you're putting your needs last, it's, it's a no, it's no wonder you're having these urges to binge because 
you come last in everything. You feed your family before you worry about yourself. You do everything for everyone before you worry about yourself. You go to work, you work eight to 12 hours a day for someone else. And then everything that you need is just kind of like mushed into a little tiny bit of the day. And then you wonder why you're stressed out. You're overwhelmed. You're gaining weight. You're binging. You're having these cravings. Your hormones are off. You're not recovering. Your body hurts. Your brain's fucking tired. It's a lot, you guys. And I'm not saying that there's not going to be stressful times in your life or there's not going to be overwhelming times. Of course there is but you need to be able to navigate through that. And part of it, this is the hard truth. Part of it is just being willing to prioritize yourself. That doesn't mean being selfish. It doesn't mean screw everyone else or don't worry about your kids or don't worry about your family or fuck your job. Like It doesn't mean that at all, you guys. It means focusing on two to three needle-driving activities in your life for you and your goals. Otherwise, you're going to go through life with your needs unmet, you're going to continue being half the person you could be for you, for your family, for your spouse, for your kids, for your job. And the next thing you know, you're going to be old and dead. You do not have to go through life feeling controlled by food. You do not have to go through life feeling insecure every time you put on a fucking outfit. You do not have to show up at parties and like continuously feel out of place and insecure. I've been there. I know what it's like when you go to the beach and all you can think of is who's looking at my fat rolls and I shouldn't have worn this outfit. And I just want to go home because everyone's looking at me. I don't feel in place here. I'm the fattest person here. I'm the most insecure person here. This is horrible. You don't want to go to parties because you know, you're going to overeat. You don't even feel comfortable with your spouse looking at your body because you're insecure in it. Like you guys. And again, no one is exempt from this. You might look at one lady and be like, oh, she's super fit with this great body. Like she obviously doesn't have these problems. You might look at someone else and be like, oh, like she's looks really great. And you don't know what someone is going through no matter how they look. So it's not like someone is thin, so they don't have these issues. Right. But I mean, you guys, part of the problem is the expectations that society pushes on women and men, but we're specifically talking about women right now, but on our body image and how we should look. Another really key mindset perspective shift here is working with your body instead of against your body. Now, I know sometimes it feels like you hate your body. I've been there, but you have to work in partnership with your body. Your body is like the only thing that's going to be with you for your entire life. You cannot get away from it. I know sometimes it feels like it's disgusting and that it's horrible and you would do anything to trade it, but you guys, you got to treat it with respect. It's the... Instead of thinking of yourself and your body as one and the same, think of it as a relationship between the two. There's going to be better days. There's going to be worse days. It's just like a relationship between you and another person or you and your spouse, right? Most days you want it to be good. There's going to be days that is not so good, but you have to work together if you want to see that growth and that progress. So for myself right now, and I'm trying to weave my own journey into this so that everything kind of makes sense, you guys, <laughs> for myself. So after my show, I did my reverse diet. I fucking killed it. Not going to lie. I did so good. I honestly stayed very lean for a very long time. And I was up to eating around 2,800 calories and maintaining my weight, which for me is really, really good. I'd never been able to eat that much. I was actually feeling so full. I was lean for, I think I was like, like, 116, weighing 116 pounds, which is really good. Obviously my show weight was like 103, 102, which is very, very lean and tiny, but around 116 pounds, I was like eating 2,800 calories. I was maintaining that weight and I was feeling so good. And then I got sick. And again, I talked about this in the last, in the last episode with Brit, I think it was the new year's episode. If you want the details on my sickness, but essentially I got very, very sick 
And then I got better. And then I got even more sick. And it wasn't just a sickness. It was a, I won't go into it, but it was completely debilitating. I was in and out of the hospital. I was getting tests done. Again, they still couldn't figure out what exactly was wrong with me. And unfortunately, I couldn't eat anything for about three days. Like I was in so much pain. I couldn't eat and hardly drink anything for three days. After that, I could eat like crackers and watermelon for about a week. And there were days in in that week that I basically couldn't eat anything. I was in my bed for two weeks straight. Literally, I did not leave my bed for two weeks straight. The third week, I could do basic stuff and eat really basic foods. What was it I was eating? It was like, I can't remember. I can't remember, but it's like, like a tiny bit of protein and like crackers basically. So it was a three week issue. I didn't train for about three weeks. And then the next week it, it took me, I had to ease back into the gym. And then again, previous to this, I'd actually been sick with the same thing, but not as bad. And it took, it was basically a week and then a week recovery. So this essentially took about seven weeks out of my life <laughs> and it was not fun to deal with. It was, it was fucking brutal. And I didn't really expect, I should have expected, but I didn't fully expect the impact that it had on my metabolism because I mean, my body was in major stress. And I also spent the majority of last year in a pretty aggressive deficit getting ready for my show. So I was dieting for six months. And then I had these episodes of flare-ups where I couldn't eat, couldn't move, couldn't train. And then I, I kind of reverse dieted out of it, but you guys, fuck, when I finally was back into my groove, the hunger was fucking unreal. Obviously it was real physiological hunger more than even psychological because I'd basically starved for three weeks. Like I I basically hadn't eaten. I was probably eating 200 to 400 calories a day, maybe, maybe. And I, I just couldn't eat more than that because I was so sick. And whenever I would eat, I would just feel more sick and I was just terrified to eat. But then when I got better, I was so hungry. And although I didn't binge, I just was, I couldn't stop thinking about food. And I kept telling myself, and this is why the stories we tell ourselves are so powerful. And this is recent, you guys. So this was happening to me basically in December. Like I was sick the beginning of November, 2024. And all during December, which is funny because I know December is like usually one of the hardest months of the year for most people. And typically it's a breeze for me because I'm not really a big Christmas person. Don't really care about treats. Don't care about Christmas parties. I don't drink. Like it's just... It's usually an easy month for me, but my hunger was unreal. And I went kind of back to eating my normal 2,800 calorie diet because I was so hungry. I swear. And I kept telling myself like, oh, it's okay because it's okay because your body, like you didn't eat for three weeks. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I ended up packing on a decent amount of weight. And then the body image issues like hit because I was like, oh my God, I was so lean after my show even. And now I gained, which isn't even that much weight, but I gained like 10 pounds the month of December because I was so hungry and I probably should have gradually increased my calories, but like my body was in this mode of like starvation. It felt, and I'm not saying like starvation mode, starvation mode isn't real in the terms of like people always say starvation mode, meaning once you, if you don't eat, then your body is going to gain weight. That's not true. Like at all, if you don't eat your body will die. Like you you will lose so much weight that you will die. Of course. I don't know where that came from. I'm assuming it kind of came from what I'm explaining right now though, is like 
when you eat so little, you get so hungry that then everything you eat, like your body just absorbs it because your metabolism will have downregulated. So fast forward to now, anyways, I thankfully got everything under control. I'm feeling a lot, a lot better now, but I was just so upset with myself because I got sick. I'm like, it's sickness is so out of our control, but I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's no one is immune to this. Like this can still happen to everyone. And it's so important to understand that and understand that these slip ups and these things, whether it's in your control or out of your control, like a sickness or an injury or in your control, like these subconscious patterns that are stuck with us from childhood, where we feel that guilt or that shame because of something someone says or a social event, or we get triggered somehow. And even having that, having the awareness around macronutrients and micronutrients and meal timing and hunger hormones, like it's really, really important because if you don't know that, you're just going to wonder what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And I'm so grateful that I do have these tools and I do have, I have a great support system as well, which is so important. But if you don't understand protein and when to eat it and how to eat it and carbs and how to eat them, don't cut them. Please, 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 please don't cut them. There's a time and place to reduce them, but you need carbs to for energy. You need them for proper like functioning in your body. You need carbs for basically sustainable weight loss. But I mean, this it just demonstrates how we can so easily fall into that binge and restrict cycle. Because if I didn't have that knowledge, I would be binging and restricting myself. I'd be overeating and then feeling the guilt, feeling the shame, falling into that pattern and repeating the cycle over and over and over again. And because I was a previous binge eater, I'm not going to lie. Like I did have those feelings come back up once... I realized I was probably overeating and I was gaining weight. I was like, oh, I should just cut my calories back. I'm like, no, Christina, don't do that. Like you just have to stay the course with the strategy that you have and like things will even out. And they did. And now I actually feel so, so good again. And that's why I'm recording this podcast now because I wanted to, I knew it would get better, but you have to stay the course and you have to look at those failures. If you can even call them that as an opportunity to grow, to learn, to improve. Because when you fall off track, that is, it's going to allow you to, how can I say it? To create a new pattern. Because if you fall off track and every time you beat yourself up and then you let that slip up or that falling off track derail your progress for a day, two days, three days, five days, a week, two months, that's going to be your pattern. That's going to be your normal. That's what your brain is going to associate with safety. So that's what you're going to do every time. Now, I know that falling off track is uncomfortable. I know that it sucks and you feel like shit and you feel bad and you feel guilty. But if you don't practice getting back on track right away, how are you going to know how to do it? It's I'm going to be in the NBA, but I'm never going to play basketball. I'm just going to expect to fucking do it. You guys, you have to practice the hard shit. The hardest stuff is not getting on the diet or following the workout plan. It's getting back on track from the slip up. And if you don't practice that, how in the hell do you expect to be able to do it? You can't, you can't, right? And that's part of the mindset stuff that we work on at Cut and Conquer with our clients. It's that resiliency, that mental strength when you feel like shit, because when you feel good, it's easy to do well, you guys. Like, congrats, good fucking job. You signed up, you went to the gym, it's New Year's, great, amazing. And I'm not trying to take that away from someone Because doing anything positive and for yourself, like that's great, but it's fucking easy to do it when you're motivated. It's easy to do it when you feel good. It's when your subconscious mind is taking you back to that programming, that default programming that you're used to. That is when you have to show that strength and you have to be willing 
to change and willing to sit in that discomfort and lean into that discomfort. And yeah, it sucks. But if you don't do it, you're never going to get good at it. And I know when you binge while you're binging or after a binge, you feel powerless. You feel like your power is gone. But you guys, binging is simply a habit. Uncontrollable snacking, grazing all day, emotional eating. It's a habit. It's a conditioned response to a stimulus, right? So it's important to know like when you have a recovery strategy, you're still going to get those urges. A lot of people expect the urges to just go away. And when they the urge comes, they binge and they're like, oh, it didn't work. Well, it's like, yeah, the urges are still going to, they're still going to come. And like your brain is conditioned to act on them. So you're, you're not a failure if you get an urge to binge eat while you are actively working towards trying to stop because the goal is to gradually decondition yourself to respond to those urges. And in order, you guys, to reprogram a behavior and a thought and like change your belief system, essentially what I'm trying to say, if you think like, I am a binge eater, like I don't have discipline, like I can never not eat chips while I watch TV. If you have one of those types of beliefs and you truly believe it, you can change it. You can change it. But in order to change it, you have to give yourself evidence that an alternative truth can be true for you. Because you might think, oh yeah, like Christina can do it, but like I couldn't, right? But you have to see that you can because your brain likes patterns as mentioned. So if in your life, you've always acted a certain way, you've always self-sabotaged, you've always thought of yourself a certain way, we need to change that, okay? So in part two, I'm going to talk about how you guys can start to create that alternative truth for yourself. I'm going to talk about hunger cues and we're going to talk about dismissing urges. All right, you guys. So hopefully this episode was valuable. I would love to continue to part two right now, but I don't want to keep you guys too long. I've been trying to actually shorten the episodes a little bit and pack more value into them. So I'm going to do a part two on this one. And as mentioned, we do have a binge course called Breaking the Binge that is available. If you're a client enrolled in Cut and Conquer actively, you can just message us in the app and um, ask, inquire about it. We can get you enrolled. If you're someone else you can who is not a client, like you can absolutely as well sign up for it. You just have to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Nifina. Say Just send me the code words, break the binge so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and we can chat about that. Again, it is just, a, not just, but it's a course. It's a fucking great course. I put so much time into it, but it's not a coaching program. It's not a nutrition program. It's not a weight training program or anything. It's just a kind of a personal development course as well. I'll talk about it more in part two if you guys are interested. Hopefully you guys got value. If you like this one, take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram story. We really really appreciate that. It is how the podcast grows and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nifina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.